Welcome back into the Dead Arm Sports Podcast coming at you on Thursday. It is NFL Draft Day, so it is uh, finally here. been previewing it for about a, what seems like forever, but uh, it's probably only been like a month. <laughs> Maybe a month, uh, yeah, probably about. All leads up to today, and we have the part two of our mock draft. So Jill and I went through the first 16 picks yesterday, so if you're looking for those, you can find them on our Wednesday release. Otherwise, we have 17 through 32 today. Got some fun uh, fun guys on the board today, excited to talk Couple about. Couple mushrooms. Yes. Fun guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Dad Joe. <Shooter. laughs> We can be found at Dead Arm Sports Twitter, Instagram. Check us out on Facebook at Dead Arm Sports. Be the first thing that pops up. We are on YouTube now, so check us out on YouTube. You can see, man, Jell, I don't know what he put into that fire, but it is still roaring. It is blazing right yes, now. It is it's so uh, bright. Yeah, I, uh, I, I'm pretty sure. So I don't know if I, uh, if I did something wrong with it. I might have like overfilled it or something, because. The first few times that I used it, it was not blazing this hard, but now it's going strong. Yeah, it's impressive. I think it's cranked up to to 11. Yes. <laughs> so if you want to check out that fire, find us on YouTube. If you're looking this for us. apartment's on fire. <laughs> yeah, hopefully not. Uh, it's a one-man show today. But uh, if you're looking for us on our <laughs> socials, Jell can be found at Das Jell. That's at D-A-S-J-E-L. You can gel with him or you can Josh with me at Das JPEC. That's at D-A-S-J-P-E-C. Send us in any questions that you have. We'll hit you back or else respond to those on our next podcast and give you a shout out. So send us your questions. Subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on your favorite listening platform. Send us a screenshot of that review. Get you some sticker swag sent out in the mail for free. Jell, before we resume our mock drafts, what uh, what do you got today? Uh, so I've got to I got to finish sloshing down this uh, the old the old Lone Star from the previous from the previous recording. However, I've got of course a backup, uh, which I will be getting to shortly, and that is this beautiful can of a it's uh, from Four Corners Brewing here in Dallas called a local buzz. That is the name of the beer, local buzz. It's a golden or honey rye golden ale, Ooh. and the can is pretty sweet looking. That's pretty sweet. So, uh, yeah, I I've had it a few times. Uh, I prefer it. I prefer it, you know, on draft. Uh, there, the brewery is actually pretty close to my office. It's uh sometimes have to make a detour there on the way to work, uh, right? Of course, yeah, of course, you know, <laughs> good old good old six thirty a.m. <laughs> Uh, you know, breweries definitely open at that point Yeah, of course. as well. Uh, <laughs> make sure I, yeah, make sure I swing by. No, it's, but it's, it's, it's pretty good and real tasty and it's got, you know, it's like it said, it's a, uh, you know, it's that, it's that honey rye. So you can, you can actually kind of taste a little, little honey flavor in there. Very cool. Uh, it's, it's kind of their, kind of their, uh, their flagship beer, but it's, it's pretty, it's pretty damn good. So nice. like it. figure, figure, uh buzz out of the uh out of season one with this see what you did there (laughs) well i'm gonna end season one on a high note we are talking about the dallas cowboys today picking at 24 and i'm rocking a dallas blonde so oh figured i'd go that route still got still got a couple left those i'm milking those 
That's <laughs> yes. <laughs> I you have you've got some strength, man. Yes. Well, <laughs> not going to see him again for a while. So uh, good point. Good point. <laughs> gotta rock him. All right, we're going to hit our, sock finish up our NFL draft, and then we're going to dive into our PGA Tour preview at the end of the episode. So we left off with the Saints on the clock yesterday. That's where we rounded out. So Chargers are next up on the clock, pick 17. And Jill, who are they taking? I'm finally, I'm t- I'm finally taking that freak out of Georgia, Jordan Davis. <laughs> oh, I, oh I, next to Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa. Oh my gosh. He's the perfect oh. fit for that defensive line. You've got Davis up the middle. You've got Mac on one side. You got Joey Bosa on the other. I I mean, that's it's just it's 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 the it's a perfect creation of defensive bliss, Hell? really. <laughs> Plus <laughs> for most most other teams, yes. And then also again, we which we touched on that on that secondary on our Tuesday recording with Asante Samuel, Derwin James, JC Jackson, and so you've got that as your you know your studs in the secondary. You've got Jordan Davis anchoring the middle, Khalil Mack, and and uh, Joey Bosa on your ed- as your edge rushers. I mean, this is the scare. This uh, this becomes the scariest defense in that division with this Jordan Davis pick, an absolute steal for LA. If he's able to fall this far, may not. I could. I mean, he could. He could end up going a lot earlier. But he was kind of an unknown uh, commodity before the pre combine when he just sh- when he just just ran over just any expectations during the combine with what did he run a four five five or forty something like that as a three hundred seventy plus pound D lineman. So absolute athletic freak. I. The Chargers are definitely going to be pumped to have him here at 17. Oh, big time. Yeah, if he was there, that is an absolute fantastic pick. And damn, that would be such a scary defensive front. That's insane. Oh, my (laughs) goodness. But uh, I have the Chargers going the other side of the ball here, getting some O-line help. And I've got somebody from a non-Power 5 school, Trevor Penning, off the board here, Northern Iowa O-lineman, just to help shore up that line again. Austin Eckler's in that backfield. You got Justin Herbert there, getting them some protection, getting some blocking going. So I, I like Trevor Penning here. Yeah, I've got you know, Penning's going to be coming up in a few picks for me. So he's the best. He's the best offensive lineman on the board, on my board at least right. here. So you've got I, they do have Rayshon Slater on one side. You get you add Trevor Penning to that on the other side, and they do have also they have J.C. Treader as their center. So. Really, you've got, you know, that would provide the Chargers with both bookends and a center that's that's turns that offensive lineman or that entire offensive line into a into a really sweet, sweet core offensive line and a lot of young guys, too. So I love it. All right, Joe, you're going to really love my next pick too. Philadelphia Eagles are on the clock and. I have the same guy that you gave them at pick 15, Devin Lloyd, on the board still at 18. Boom! How about them apples? (laughs) So a little bit uh, different here, but uh, yeah, no, same reasons. Absolute monster there can throw him into that linebacking core. And uh, yeah, I don't have much to add from yesterday. Again, 
If you're looking for picks 1 through 16, check us out on yesterday's podcast. Again, we're doing a little warm beer chug with this as well. So for every time uh, Jill and I get a pick right, the number matching up with the player, we're going to get a point, and the loser has to do a warm beer chug next week. So this will be interesting. Let's say Lloyd does go to the Eagles. Only one of us is going to be right here. (laughs) <laughs> if he goes at 15 i got the point if he goes at 18 you got it so yes that'll be fun it'll be really cool uh, and, uh, there's a lot of pressure i just realized too with that warm beer chug because that is gonna be our first episode on youtube that we do a warm beer chug so yeah it will of, so don't a lot of yeah pressure. so you gotta make sure you don't look like a foo right out there <laughs> uh no, I, I, I mean, obviously i like the pick so nothing nothing not too much to add there uh I've got at 18, I've got the Eagles going. I think I'm basically a perfect compliment to Devonta Smith, and I'm going trailing Burks. I think Burks is extremely underrated. I don't know. I, I, I see him falling into the second round in a number of mocks, and I think that he's going to be, I think he's going to be awesome. Not necessarily the most athletic freak, but I think he's, I think, I, I, I prefer Traylon Burks over Drake London in this draft, and those those are pretty comparable receivers in terms of you know type of player that they're going to be. Both high pointing balls, good catch radius, really just just athletic basketball player type of you know just just at in terms of having that you know being able to go up and, and catch balls. And but but Traylon Burks did it in the SEC, where Drake London did it against the Pac twelve. There's an obvious. What are you trying to say there? <laughs> how, many the Pac-12, how many Pac-12 defensive players have we said have we mentioned so far outside of Thibodeau? I think I think, I think he might be the only one. Uh, but uh, yeah, Traylon Burks here at 18. I think again, great compliment to Devonta Smith, and it's it's definitely also time for Philly to just give up on Jalen Rager being a number two receiver <laughs> if they haven't already. I mean, it, move him into just kick returning and being a number four guy, and that's that's about where Jalen Rager deserves to be at this point. So Traylon Burks helps helps out Jalen Hurts. <laughs> Uh, is it mine again? It is. Okay. <laughs> I got caught up in my own. Uh... <laughs> Terrible joke. Yeah. <laughs> you took you took Trevor Penning at 17 to the Chargers. I'm going to go him here at, at 19 to the Saints. Trevor Penning tackle out of Northern Iowa. I mean, they, they the Saints lost uh, Taron Armstead to Miami. Miami gave him a payday, so the Saints have to replace that. And... You know, it just comes down to a need then for for the Saints. So additionally, that's a that's another you know that's going to help protect Matt Corral, who I've got Corral going at sixteen to the Saints. No, I like that pick. I, again, at sixteen, I had no line go there. Um, gentleman out of Kenyon Green out of Texas A and M. So no, I, I like the pick here, getting that O line to help out Jameis. I'm also going to help out Jameis, and I'm going to go wide receiver here. Michael Thomas has been a big question mark the last two years after having just dominating performances. That's putting it nicely. And who knows what the future is in store with for him. So it seemed like him and the organization were at a little bit of odds this last season before he was hurt and ended up having surgery. So I think they're going to go wide receiver with hopes that 
Michael Thomas comes back to his wide receiver one self, and then you have somebody awesome opposite him to give Jameis another weapon to throw to. And my top wide receiver I have on the board right now at this moment is Chris Olave. So I've got Chris Olave coming in, get the uh, Ohio State wide receivers lined up outside. Hey, and go to so town. An- another another Buckeye duo. <laughs> yes, another Buckeye duo. So um, Chris Olave getting four three nine speed, so a speedster that can definitely break away, open up the field a little bit, and give Jameis that weapon. Give Jameis kind of that uh, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans duo that he had and succeeded with in Tampa. So I like uh, Saints going wide receiver. Yeah, I I, I would have gone a receiver probably at 16 if I wasn't going Matt Corral there. So that's that's the that's definitely a, a very obvious need right away, especially if you're going to roll out there with Jameis. You got to have weapons for him to because he's, he's he's still a gunslinger at heart. So. <laughs> That that's a perp that pick makes perfect sense. All right, pick twenty. Steelers are on the clock, and they're going to go with the Pittsburgh boy, Kenny Pickett. Kenny okay. Pickett to uh, sit behind kissing titties for a Kenny little bit. Kenny Pickett. <laughs> yeah. So, no, Kenny Pickett obviously has had success in cold weather. Played at Heinz Field in college for Pittsburgh, and stays in the stadium and puts on the Steeler black and yellow. So. I like Kenny Pickett as a second quarterback off the board. You had him going to Carolina quite a bit earlier, which he definitely could. It's kind of a crapshoot with the quarterbacks and who's going to pull the trigger on them, but potentially like the fit with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think he could have some success there. Obviously they gave Trubisky a two-year deal, so you don't have to rush Kenny Pickett in there at all. I think Trubisky will, he'll be fine. I mean, he's got more weapons there than he did with the bears and, I mean, the Bears made the playoffs two years. Granted, it wasn't anything yeah. special, but I think Still there's did. no need to rush Kenny Pickett in there, and he can kind of sit back, learn the offense a little bit, and have some success there. So I like Kenny Pickett. I'm going to stick with the same position, and I'm, I'm going to – finally, Malik Willis comes off the board okay. here. <laughs> I mean, some, somebody's going to take him in the first round. It's 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 – it's it's just great for for the Steelers. Last year, their number one pick, Najee Harris, position of need fell to them, and he was a stud. This year, I think it's going to be the same way. Position of need, and Malik Willis is going to fall to them, and it's 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 a it's a great fit, I think, for Pittsburgh. And and you know, and we've we've talked about this too a little bit in the past of how much like that organization and the Rooneys just they embrace whether it's african-american executives african-american coaches now they're going to have an african-american qb just another guy in that fold uh that's that's clearly for the steelers they are you know kind of going to be uh you know trailblazers and continue that continue that same exact uh that model so I like Malik Willis here, and again, they've got Mitch locked up for, he, he did sign a two-year deal, so if Willis does have to sit even a second year, that's fine. They've got Mitch at least as insurance to uh, to kind of help mold uh, Willis into being a starting quarterback in the NFL. Clearly not ready, not going to start with day one, but they don't need him to start day one. Yeah, no, I, I like this fit. This is probably the best case scenario for Malik Willis to sit and learn a great organization that's usually drafts well, knows how to put solid teams together on the field. So 
It'll be interesting to see if he lasts till pick 20, but if he does, this is an absolute steal for the Steelers. Moving on. (laughs) (laughs) I guess I I had one. It's your, it was your turn. (laughs) (laughs) Is it me again? It is. Okay. Number 21, uh, number 21 pick new England Patriots. Uh, (laughs) I, they have to replace J.C. Jackson here. They, ha- I don't know why they would let him go. He was a beast last year, but now they now they have to replace him. And I'm gonna grab the best corner that's left on the board here, and I'm gonna go Andrew Booth, corner out of Clemson. Uh, you know he's he's had bi- he's got big game big game experience playing in all those you know all these big games that Clemson has played on big time TV games and, and everything you know under the lights. And I think that he can, I think that he can help thrive in that, or he can thrive in that Patriots defensive back room with, especially with a guy like Belichick, where again, he's played in, he's played under all this pressure in the past. I don't think Belichick is going to be one of these, you know, I don't think Belichick will ruin him because I don't think he's soft and that you got to have a strong minded guy to play on Bill Belichick's defense. And I think Andrew Booth does fall just fall under that category of a strong-willed, strong-minded defensive player with while also meeting a need of a corner. No, I, I like that a lot. I also have a corner going off of the board here, like you had touched on. J.C. Jackson was phenomenal for them and have no idea why you let him go. But, I don't. Uh, it, it doesn't make any sense. They, they, it's not, again, going back to what we had touched on in uh, on Tuesday's episode with Trey Lance, and how the Niners have a lot, they have the money now because they got Lance on this rookie deal. They have the money to pay Debo if they want to. The Patriots have the money with Mac Jones on a rookie deal. So where's all their money going? I guess it's going to the two tight ends that they signed last year, <laughs> Jonu and, and Hunter Henry, but they don't have enough money for JC Jackson. I I don't get it, but Belichick is, he, he, he likes to, he just likes to cut players, I think. <laughs> right. <laughs> Anyways, your pick. Yes. So I've got corner um, out of Washington, Trent McDuffie. So a little bit more of a raw prospect, but I, I like him. I like the fit there in New England. Played, obviously, Washington. The weather gets a little bit chillier up there, not the extent of Boston in the wintertime, but I, I just like Trent McDuffie here. Belichick can kind of mold him into the offense there, and I think he'd be a good fit. Andrew Booth, again, though, that, that is another solid one. I can see either of the guys coming off of the board here. I've got Andrew Booth coming up in a little bit, but Trent McDuffie here. I like it. 22. Oh, it. <laughs> you got to save that sound, but. <laughs> <laughs> 22, your Green Bay Packers are on the clock here, and I finally have them picking a wide receiver. So Mr. Aaron Rodgers will finally be happy that they addressed a position that they have never since he's been a quarterback there. And I've got a guy that you talked about a little bit earlier, so I'm guessing you'd be ecstatic if he ended up as a Packer, John. That's Traylon Burks out of Arkansas. Oh, that would be tits. So big target, 6'3". Didn't have the greatest 40 time, but if you watch his highlights, he's not getting caught by people. So I think it was just him not having a good day at that combine for whatever reason. Because, like I said, you watch his highlight reel, 
he's catching the ball and he's kind of got sneaky speed. He doesn't look like he's running that fast because he's so big, but he's not being caught by a lot of the defenders and can break stuff. He's a good, decent route runner and will give Aaron Rodgers that target that he wants and needs with Adams gone. So I, I like Traylon Burks a lot. I've got him on my dynasty team. So as a dynasty guy, I would <laughs> you, love Traylon Burks loving here that. over the Eagles. So hopefully uh, Traylon Burks ends up here. I would love if Traylon Burks ends up here, um, but I've got so. But instead, I've got another wide receiver who you took way earlier. Uh, I think, and and you had him going ten to the Jets, and that's going to be Jamison Williams. I think that I, you know, I think they finally, they finally decide pull the trigger on a first round wide receiver. I mean, there is obviously the health concern with Jamison Williams that's going to lead him to falling this far. Uh, if he were to, if he were to fall all the way down to twenty two, but again, I mean, I, I think that, I think that the Packers are, you know, given that they've got Aaron and they've got, you know, it, it generally takes Aaron a little bit of time to mold with these receivers, anyways, and and. He's also said he's not going to be doing all these offseason workouts and shit. So maybe Jameson Williams not being there might not matter to Aaron. <laughs> so I think I think that, you know, he, he's got the skill set, though, to work with Aaron right away between the speed and just the, the downfield catchability. And I mean, he's, I think he's a total package wide receiver. It's just the concern with that knee that could that I think could lead him falling to this spot. If Jameson Williams is here at 22 and the Packers don't draft him, I'm going to throw up in my mouth. Like, <laughs> this is, there's no excuse. There's no longer any excuse Holding for you them to, to pass up on a first round wide receiver. So I'm going to go Jameson Williams here with the hope that he's there. But I'd be, I'd, I mean, I have to be honest, I'd be surprised if he was. But but either way, they have to go wide receiver here. And if Jamison's there, I could see him falling because of that injury, potential injury history. Now, for some reason, if Jamison Williams did go earlier in your mock draft, let's say it fell kind of how yours was and he was off of the board here, all the other receivers you have are off of the board, do you still see them going wide receiver? Is there anybody else that you would like at this point in time? Or do they kind of skip over at this point, grab the next best player, and then maybe reevaluate when they're back on the clock at 28. Yeah, I mean, I think the clear next guy that's being shown as the best available player or the best receiver beyond, you know, let's say Jamison wasn't available, would be Jahan Dotson. Uh, I like that fit more as like a complimentary piece, although he, he's got the skill. I, I just don't know if he's necessarily number one. Where I see Jamison Williams being a true number one, uh, that's that's my only thing here with Jahan Dotson. There's other, I mean, there's a couple other guys that I want to mention at the end. Uh, you know, guys that we don't that we're not going to touch on in the first round that we both think that could fall into the second round and beyond. Uh, that I think could also be fits for the Packers. So I'll touch on those at the end once we're finished with this round one. But I don't, I don't think at twenty two. Let's say 22 there, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I want to take Dotson at 22. Um, at that point, probably need to go. I would be fine with taking an edge rusher or, or, you know, best player available. 
I just don't want to, I don't necessarily need to feel like I need to reach Yeah. at 22 for the Packers. Sounds good. Speaking of edge rushers, uh, at 23 for the Arizona <laughs> Cardinals, <laughs> uh, I've got them, I've got George Karlaftis from Purdue going to, going to the Cardinals. Pretty raw prospect, but just a complete athletic freak. And so I think this could be a bit of a steal for the Cardinals and, you know, you've got you've got JJ Watt still there. Who's better to learn from than than JJ Watt? If you get if you've got Karlaftis there to be, you know, you could have those, you know, those two guys on opposite ends as these pass rushers. It's a great he'd be a great mentor and I and he would start right off the bat. So I, I love I like Karlaftis there at, at 23 for the cards. Big ten for days. Days <laughs> I also have them addressing that defensive line, uh, not Karloftis, but I've got Devontae Wyatt out of Georgia. So okay. I I like him a little bit more raw again, but again, you got a great mentor there with J.J. Watt, so I like his potential down the road. But obviously, again, talked about it yesterday, Georgia's defense was one of the tops in the country last year, and they had a lot of monsters on that defense. So I, I like Devontae. Devonta White here, Wyatt. <laughs> Dallas Cowboys next on the clock, and I'm going to talk about who you just had the Cardinals doing. Randy Gregory's gone, so I've got George Kalaftis coming into okay. the Cowboys. So, again, Edge Rusher would fill that void from Randy Gregory and be somebody that you can plug in day one and should have an immediate impact to help out that Cowboys defense. The Cowboys defense took a step up last year and was very respectable after quite a few years of just trash, but I'll be honest. <laughs> Straight up. That's pretty much what it was. So I like a little infusion here of a Purdue Boilermaker and George Kalaftis. Boilermaker, hardly knower. Maker. <laughs> oh, that was a stretch here. All right, let me uh, let me get let me get settled in for this pick. Uh, given that this is the Dallas Cowboys pick, I should probably start pouring my my Dallas brewed beer, my four <laughs> corners, and also present you with my pick of your boy Trent McDuffie. Uh, they do have Trayvon Diggs, obviously, on one side, and he was an absolute monster last year. But I think this is kind of the Opposite style of corner, where Trayvon Diggs is more of a complete ball hawk, risk-taking type of guy. Uh, I think McTuffie, where, you know, he's he's a lot more safe, kind of more of that true shutdown style of corner. And reason why I think the Cowboys could be into this is to make sure that Diggs continues getting targets. So you bring in McDuffie to shut down, or at least, you know, try to shut down half the field there more and, and Diggs will be able to continue to bait QBs into interceptions on the other side. Diggs could end up continuing his, you know, his just coming off of last season where he had his seven, eight picks. He could do it again next year. If you got another corner, another really solid corner on the other side. So I like, I like uh, them continuing to shore up that secondary and go, they're going Trent McDuffie here uh, at 24. All right. Bills are up. At 25, the Buffalo Bills going with the other Washington corner, Kyler Gordon. Uh, You know, it's and I think that just the reason why I want to do this is because 
of because <laughs> the Chiefs got the Chiefs burned the Bills in the AFC Championship game last year, just back to back to I mean just drive after drive after drive, and it's not that the Bills secondary was a weakness, but this does basically finish off that defensive back room with four studs assuming Kyler Gordon can come out and be a baller. I mean, it, Gordon on one side, Tredavious White as the other corner, Jordan Poyer as one safety, Micah Hyde as the other. So you've just got ball hawks for days in that defensive back room. And I think that I think this is a, just a good option to basically finish off that that defensive back room. They don't have any really any needs in that front seven. I mean, they were just on that defensive line. They were running like seven, eight guys just through a rotation last year in that front seven or in that just on that front, you know, the defensive front four and they don't really have any needs at linebacker. So if they can shore up this, this secondary, let's do it. No, I like that a lot it's it makes sense Tredavious White coming off of that torn ACL last year and that as well be absolutely fantastic so I see your Kyler Gordon and I raise you Andrew Booth Jr so that's who I have the Buffalo same Bills thought taking. process so, okay yeah so Booth's still on the board here and like you had touched on he's played in some huge games with Clemson obviously it'd be somebody that could plug in on day one and line up outside opposite of Tredavious White and wreak havoc for mac jones <laughs> to uh, mac jones to oh, that poor bastard and yeah zach wilson, and to so. and zach wilson yeah, oh god so. that division good luck <laughs> yeah <laughs> so. no buffalo defenses running are strong train suit and yeah keep going i like it keep plugging Same. away yeah keep on trucking all right, Tennessee Titans are next up, pick 26, and O-line was an issue for them last year, so that's where I have them going here. And next O-lineman off of the board for me is Zion Johnson, Boston College. So I've got Zion coming off of the board here. Again, Tennessee, you got to get <laughs> Derrick Henry going, get some line help there for run blocking and also pass protecting Ryan Tannehill. So Got to get him time, get the ball out to Robert Woods, A.J. Brown. So I, I like Bobby Trees. I keep forgetting. Somehow I just like keep forgetting that he's I know. there. It was kind of a sneaky like trade. Like it was kind of during a weird time and just, you know. And they got him for what? What was it? A sixth, I think, or a fourth? Yeah, something stupid. Some some low end pick. Great, <laughs> great pickup for yeah. great pickup by the Titans. Absolutely needed after Julio was absent last year and now 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 still a free agent. Uh, I'm going to go the other side of the ball and I'm just going to go best player available for the Titans. And I think the best player that's left here is Nicobe Dean linebacker out of Georgia. I I love the idea of him and Jeffrey Simmons being the, just being the anchors in the middle of that defense, you know, with Simmons on the D line and, and then, uh, and then Dean, you know, just, just being the commander of that offense or sorry, commander of that defense, uh, you know, that linebacking core, other thing that should not be underrated here, Mike Vrabel is that coach. Just in case you forgot, he was a linebacker for the Patriots. So I think he's going to love having a you know another high-end linebacker to really help anchor that core. The Kobe Dean's the best player available that I have here. And, and that's why I'm rocking with him. I like it. On to... Oh, shoot. 
okay, moving on to 27. <laughs> the Tampa Bay Bucks with newly acquired quarterback Tom Brady. Uh, <laughs> they don't really have any immediate needs, so where would you rather add additional you know, additional depth and pass rusher. I'm going to go Boye Mafe out of Minnesota. Shout out B-Dub, little gopher action for you. Uh, I, I I just think it comes down to, they again, no immediate positional needs, and it's just an aging, it's just an aging defense. Getting in a really elusive, explosive pass rusher like, uh, like uh, Mafe, I think that's going to really help out that defense. Not only not, not not as much right away because he is relatively raw, but he will definitely help out the you know kind of lengthening out that defense and and you know JPP's gone. Mo- really, most of that defense, especially that front seven, is old, and they need to they need to address that. So I, I've got them taking my best edge rusher left off the board, and that's uh, that's Boyamafe. I like it. I went a little bit different here with Tampa Bay. This is one that probably isn't going to happen, but kind of the same thing that you were saying is that they don't really have any immediate pressing needs. So I have them taking a chance on a guy that recently got hurt, and that's David Ojabo out of Michigan. Tore his Achilles at his pro day, but I think it's something that they don't have any immediate needs. He would have gone probably quite a bit sooner than this pick had he stayed healthy and I think they end up taking a little bit of a chance here in hopes that he can be a late-season addition for them in a playoff run and obviously have him for years to come. The Achilles, yeah, it's slowed down some skill position players, but, I mean, Cam Akers came back and looked okay, at least moving around at the end of the season last year, and I don't see any issue for David Ojabo coming back from this injury, just not something that obviously he's not going to be ready at the start of the season. Great pick. He, I mean, he's going early. He's going mid, probably at the middle of the first round at the latest, if it weren't for that injury that just came up. So I I love the pick. All right. Your Green Bay Packers back up on the clock here and Zadarius Smith left. So I have them addressing that defensive line and taking Logan Hall out of Houston. So this is kind of the Packers M.O. pick guys from a little bit smaller schools. <laughs> yes, they're very, up in the first for some round. reason they love it. Love it, and it usually works out well for them. But Logan Hall, I think, could be an absolute great compliment to Preston Smith on the other side. And I like the fit here for Green Bay taking Logan Hall. I am going full-blown Packer homer here. <laughs> With probably both of my picks. <laughs> Jahan Dotson at 28. <laughs> Jameson Williams as the wide receiver one. Jahan Dotson as the two. Again, I mean, he's, you know, very strong with the catch and run. That's that's the type of receiver that he is. I think that he can jump in right away if Jameson does still have to do some additional rehab and, you know, trying to figure out the offense again. Uh, but... Again, I don't necessarily love him as a number one, but he would be a great number two. <laughs> and then, uh, and if if they were able to get Williams and Dotson at twenty two and twenty eight, that turns that wide receiver room from a weakness into a strength. I mean, Jameson Williams, Jahan Dotson, that moves Alan Lazard down to the three, and that puts Amari Rogers slash Randall Cobb as your you know four or five receiver. So. Or, or, you know, flip them with Lazard. And 
if they have any if as long as as long as the Packers can do what it just do whatever it takes to get Equinamia St. Brown out of the building, he is useless. I don't understand how he's, he's still the there. Oh, thank God. Yes. <laughs> oh, day has been made. Oh, love finding that out at the 28 pick. That's amazing. Though poor Bears. <laughs> yeah. Good Nothing times. Like Good St. times. Brown and Pringle out there. <laughs> ESB Pringle and your boy Mooney. Oh, that's phenomenal. So again, I I mean it wasn't intentional, but it I mean, if that were to happen with Jameson Williams and Jahan Dotson at 22-28, that'd be absolutely epic. Otherwise, I agree with you. They could go Logan Hall or or, you know, next best edge rusher uh there, but I they they aren't as desperate with at edge rush. They do have Rayshon Gary on one side as well. Although it would be nice to pair up, say like a Jabo and Rayshon Gary, couple couple Wolverines out there. <laughs> like <it. laughs> All right, Chiefs are on the clock for back to back picks. Who you got at twenty nine, Joe? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Dax Hill, another Wolverine. So, uh, or or I guess, well, you took. A jabo, but going to Wolverine, uh, Dax Hill, just strictly this is strictly position need for the Chiefs, and uh, you know it. It sounds like Honey Badger is looking elsewhere, and Dax Hill can help fill up that safety position with with Honey Badger leaving. Uh, turn Tyron Matthew. There's rumors that he might go to the Rams. The Rams are just getting, they're just getting just all these veteran stars. Uh, but it sounds like he, it sounds like he may be gone. Dax Hill can help fill that role at safety. I like it. I like the pick. I have the Chiefs addressing wide receiver here, and I've got them taking Jahan Dotson. So ran a 4-4-3-40, So it's not the Tyree Kill burner, but somebody that you can plug in and have three solid wide receiver options with Juju Smith Schuster MVS in there in that three spot. So I think Jahan Dotson could make an impact there with the Chiefs, and I think they'd be happy to have him at this spot. Chiefs still on the clock at number 30, so back-to-back picks. And is this a potential for them to pair these up and move up in the draft at all, do you think? I I personally think it depends on what they're looking for. I think that really they've got two options here is to go, you know, well, obviously if they're going to keep 29 and 30, they've got that as the option. The other option is to move up to if – you, if you pair these two picks – how high how high do you think you can get basically i mean I can you think get that, up to could you get up to like you know 15 with the eagles i was almost thinking if you threw those in the jets have a top 10 pick already i think the jets would be happy to grab two more at the back end to help fill some needs you might be able to squeeze into that 10 spot you might have to kick in a late round pick or something but you might that feels that up. feels a little bit that feels a little high, but you you I mean they could. I I also I I think maybe maybe like the Vikings at twelve, where yeah, that might be one that for that's them maybe in it that may be possible. I think the Jets just they're just looking for stars, man. Yeah, they 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 have the Jets have so many. They granted, yes, they do have so many needs, but they don't have any impact players either. Yeah, so I I, I it's hard for me to see the Jets moving down that 
far. Maybe you could do a three-way deal where the Jets move back to like 16 or, you know, or 18 or whatever. And there's a there's some three-way swap there that's possible. I, the Chiefs have been aggressive in the past. I don't see why they can't. I, I it's that's that's one of the teams that I would not be surprised if they were to package these two to move, to move up. Now, let's say they did move up to 12, 10 to 10 or 12. If you're in that spot, do you go try to get a number one wide receiver? Do you go D line? Do you go like edge rush? Where do you go I think with if that pick? I think if they're moving up, it's to grab one of the top wide receivers. I yeah, think that's the only way so. you move up because it's pretty deep for defense, and that's what my next pick is here at thirty. It's Nicobe Dean taking best overall on the board, linebacker out of Georgia. So I think he would bring some life into that linebacking core there, and. Obviously, you've got quite a few solid offenses in that division, so <laughs> shore up that defense and get somebody to start sticking people. I'm going to grab a uh, – I'm going to go – Chiefs go back-to-back with Wolverines. <laughs> uh, it's just so bad. Uh, <clears throat> David Ajabo. I, it's, it's one of those guys, again, that he's got the talent to have been a very high-end pick or at least a top, you know, top half of the first round type of a talent. Uh, but with that Achilles, I think I, I also I just think it's worth I think it's worth taking that risk here at the end of the first. And then again, they've they've still got Frank Clark as a pass rusher there with the hope that Ojabo would end up taking over that role. But Clark's there this year. So if Ojabo ends up having to miss the first, let's say the first 10 weeks of the season, Ojabo joins that team. That's like that's effectively like making a move at the trade deadline for a pass rusher by adding a Jabo. So yeah. I think that this, that would be a perfect fit for the chiefs here. If he were to fall down to this pick 30, I like it. All right, Joe, Cincinnati. We're on to Cincinnati. We're on to Cincinnati. <laughs> <laughs> I think that they go here and one of the safest picks in this draft, Tyler Lindenbaum center out of Iowa. They finished building that entire offensive line. We saw them make a couple moves in free agency to grab some offensive linemen. And I don't, I mean, you we can't forget the impact that Travis Frederick made on that Cowboys offensive line when he came in the center out of Wisconsin. He immediately really, like they had talent between Zach Martin, Tyron Smith, and some other guys. Travis Frederick came in as that center and started day one and immediately made an impact that it was a it was a line that was surrounded by talent, but having that awesome commanding center helped keep that helped make that offensive line, you know, into one that's truly elite. I think the Bengals could end up doing that here. And again, and they're not a they're not really a position needy team. So if they're able to solidify this offensive line by grabbing, again, what I think is one of the safer picks in the draft, Linderbaum was a beast at at Iowa. So I think this is a really safe pick, and it could have a Travis Frederick type of impact for the Bengals. Can you say social, Joe? Because I also have Tyler Linderbaum here. Let's going get social. <laughs> so, no, I agree there completely. You, yeah, I don't really have much else to add other than, like you said, they infused a lot of money during free agency to shore up this line, throw in Linderbaum there, a nice safe pick. 
Iowa obviously historically has produced some fantastic linemen for the NFL, and I don't see this being anything different. So Tyler Linderbaum's absolute home run hit here for Joe Burrow. Get that line short up, and yeah, scary, scary offense. Not too That's, many weaknesses. I mean, if you've got the, obviously <laughs> now, would you consider? Is there any thoughts here of you taking but taking a wide receiver? Given that Tyler Boyd is probably on his last year in Cincinnati, T. Higgins looks like he's going to miss. It sounds like he's going to miss the entire offseason with that shoulder injury that he uh, went through during that playoff run. Would you consider going receiver? I don't think so. If they wanted to, you could go second round. It's pretty deep this year and find somebody that you're not going to have to pay first round money for to potentially be that's a good wide point. receiver three. So I yeah. I like the thought process there, but I think they could find a steal and maybe a day two pick for that. I think I, I'm I'm in agreement there. All right, Detroit Lions after trading your uh your Mr. Irrelevant. Bias yeah, for the first round here and uh not irrelevant for long-term Detroit Lions fans. I have Matt Corral off the board here. So oh, daddy! Detroit getting their quarterback didn't have to use it during the second or the second overall pick. So Matt Corral here, like you said, I I like him quite a bit. He's the third quarterback off of the board here. Ole Miss product, and the only thing that scares me a little bit is that Lane Kiffin run and gun offense with that but Matt Corral still has been a pretty solid prospect so it's Detroit but they get their quarterback here in the first round and somebody that can sit behind Jared Goff for a little bit transition over and Goff's gone after next year and it's the Corral show so I'd like the thought process I mean it's the same thing that the Vikings did at 32 when they took Teddy Bridgewater and then, and then obviously the Ravens with Lamar Jackson took him at 32 overall. Benefit of taking the quarterback here is if you do have to sit him the first year or the first half of the first year or whatever, you get that, you have the option, you're, you've got that fifth year option. Yep. So I think that's a big, that's a big reason why you could at 32 kind of take, you could take a quarterback here to, um, you know, just knowing that you've got that fifth year option, the extra year for development. <clears throat> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Uh, Devonte Wyatt, your boy, out of uh, out of Georgia, that defensive tackle. I love that. I love being that the Lions, if they were to able to get Wyatt here, they'd be able to basically revamp that whole defensive line with the combination of him and Aiden Hutchinson. And knowing anything about Dan Campbell. And his, you know, rough, tough physicality. We're gonna bite people's knees. He's he would love to go. He would love to go Devontae Wyatt here. And again, just a total, total athletic freak and was dominant in the SEC. No other division or no other conference that you'd rather dominate in than the SEC. So I would love this pick for Wyatt. I was tempted to go with the same thought process process that you went with and go Desmond Ritter here. And and take a risk on that on that quarterback, but it's I mean, again I think it's the Dan Campbell mentality, and he's just want to get another you know physical athletic mf around that defense. Yeah, the only thing looking at it and thinking back on it now, I wonder if Detroit actually would go with a quarterback right here because they pick again at pick thirty four, and Jacksonville is in between their two picks, and obviously don't need a quarterback, but. 
if that is the case in Detroit sitting there hoping that Matt Corral falls to them, they're going to be sweating it out all night that somebody's not trying to trade up if he's still on the board or uh, quarterbacks on the board. Maybe Jacksonville moves out of that 33rd spot, that first pick in the second round. And, and somebody, somebody jumps Somebody trades in and jumps in. So we'll see. I, see, the, that, that's where I would rather take a quarterback at 32 well, yeah, and not you said have to sw- not a not sweat it out overnight and have that fifth, fifth year, year option, option that you wouldn't have at thirty four. Yep, yep. So that wraps up our NFL mock draft first round. What are some other guys that, at least for fantasy purposes, gel you are looking to? One guy that I am kind of excited for a little bit is Kenneth Walker, the third out of Michigan State. He's somebody I think that watching him, it's kind of a <laughs> kind of an easy comparison, I guess, with Lev Bell being at Michigan State, but he's got kind of some of those Lev Bell qualities, at least when I was watching him in some of the film. But I don't know. None of the running backs are going to be going, about, what do you think, late second, maybe mid second, depending on team need, is maybe a, a Brees Hall or whatever. Yeah, what I mean, I, I'd say, I'd say you, you've got the, I mean, your three running backs that are, are, Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, and Isaiah uh, Isaiah Spiller, Spiller. Yep. not related to CJ, um, <laughs> distant cousin, <laughs> distant cousin, <laughs> racist. Uh, what? No, I I'm I'm gonna go. I think Brees Hall probably he's probably the first back off the board just because he has a little bit more of that passing game versatility than Kenneth Walker, but Kenneth Walker is the more is I think a more traditional, like just dominant traditional running back. I think probably mid, mid late second, like you said, that's probably where they go. I there's, I mean, none of these guys are a Najee Harris type of, you know, type of talent. So if, if somebody does try to scoop one of them up in the first round, I think it's, I think it's an overreach. I think it's a bit of a mistake, but I, I, those are, I guess those are the three running backs that are definitely next off the board between the second and third round yep. or the only running backs, I guess, off the board yep. <laughs> Two other. I mean, there's other definitely you need to keep an eye on. You know, we mentioned Desmond Ritter. I don't think he's a first round talent, but somebody's probably going to take, uh, take a flyer on him in the second round. Definitely needs to be, would you, okay. I shouldn't say needs to be, but what, or so I should ask you, should he be, him and Sam Howell, those are probably the next two guys off the board at quarterback. Are either of those guys like a stash? And if you're if you're in dynasty, are those somebody that you would want to stash to maybe play either late in the year, next year, or to hold on for you know a number of future years? Yeah, absolutely. Those are guys that I'm drafting in dynasty just to kind of see what ends up happening with them. We've seen they had flashes. I mean, Sam Howell had a fantastic year two years ago and probably should have left. <laughs> yeah. His should've. draft stock, he would have been, well, it was such a tough quarterback class last year. There's a lot of good guys in there, but no, I, I think they're both day two guys and guys that you're stashing in dynasty just to kind of see what happens with them. And then, and then just a couple of wide receivers that could end up just two guys that I think could maybe, maybe the chiefs at 29 and 30, just knowing that how much they like these speed receivers, obviously given what Tyree killed the impact that he made Christian Watson, North Dakota state guy was an absolute freak. He showed out at the senior bowl was dominant. And then, and then Tyquan Thornton out of Baylor. 
he ran the fastest 40 in amongst, you know, amongst the or throughout the entire combine. So I could if the Chiefs were going to go wide receiver at that 29 or 30 spot and Jahan Dotson wasn't there, those are pro- it's probably going to be one of those two guys off the board. Just just speed, athletic freaks. Not the most polished players overall, but just just speed freaks. Now, it's not like Tyreek Hill was necessarily the most polished player either. No. You know, he was just a speedy little jukey dude. They could do the same thing with one of these two guys, potentially. And uh, so these are two guys to definitely keep an eye on that could potentially slip into the first round. But more likely than anything, probably go sometime in the first half of the second, I would think. Yeah. One other wide receiver just want to throw out there that I'm looking forward to seeing where he goes on day two is George Pickens. George Pickens, if he wouldn't have been hurt this last year, would have been a first round pick. So he's somebody that you could definitely get and see an immediate impact. One of those guys like we had talked about last week, uh, Debo Samuel, AJ Brown, DK Metcalf, that goes in that second round that you see a pretty solid impact from the rookie year. So George Pickens, definitely somebody I'm looking forward to seeing where he ends up. Tight end, Trey McBride, probably going to be going in the second round too, I would think, at some point. Pretty solid solid guy out of Colorado State. So somebody to keep an eye on there if you're needing a tight end for fantasy in your dynasty league. Tight ends are just so tough in, in yeah. fan, rookie tight ends especially. Yeah, yeah he's no Kyle Pitts. So we'll put it that way. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> All right, well, that will do it for the NFL portion of today's show. Last segment before we wrap up here, do have the PGA this week. New tournament on the docket, the Mexico Open at Vedanta down in Mexico. So this one is played at Vedanta Vallarta. And one thing that I thought Good. was pretty uh, pretty cool with this one is the fact that uh, the, what was it, the Golf League or whatever, the stupid opposite super 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 golf Golf league League or whatever yeah the super golf league is trying to be funded by greg norman and greg norman designed the course they're playing at this week so i thought that was uh (laughs) that's a little uh kind of fun fist where you don't want it (laughs) right (laughs) 7500 yards this course runs or just just short of it so quite a long course this week par 71 again have not played on this course in the pga tour did have the wgc tournament in mexico city in years past so with covid they kind of took that one out and transitioned that over not a ton of big names playing this week john rom is the most notable i guess in the field kind of had a few tournaments the last little bit after the masters usually you see guys take some time off get ready for the pga championship that's going to be happening in the next month in may so Got the Wells Fargo next week, which you usually see a little bit bigger field at over in Maryland and Potomac. So guys just kind of getting the getting a feel for it. Again, you'll see a lot of guys that you don't see in a lot of tournaments. So with that, Jill, who are some of the betting favorites this week? You mentioned John Rahm is there. What uh what else you got for us? I mean, it's 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 definitely John Rom very heavy uh, <laughs> as the favorite at plus five hundred. Again, really the only big name that's out there. It, <laughs> I mean, which which it's the you know inaugural tournament for at least for this uh, you know for the the Mexico Open uh, as as they're calling it. So 
not a whole lot of big names out there. It's it's John Rahm at plus 500. Your number two favorite, Abraham Answer at two, plus 2,000. Tony Finau is coming in at the number three at plus 2,200. And then you've got Gary Woodland, Patrick Reed, and Kevin Na at plus 2,500. So, again, not a lot of big names out there uh, in terms of your current superstars, but recognizable guys if you follow the PGA. All right. Do you think that this is a possibility? Sorry, uh, do you just do you think this is a possibility for Finau to finally? <laughs> we've been waiting for him to get back on track a little bit. Is this a potential spot where he can where he can do it? Yeah, it's a longer course, so if he can keep the ball in the fairway and drain some putts, I mean, his we haven't seen him in his putting very well this year so far. So I think that's kind of key for him to get back on track here, but. No, he's he's somebody that could end up making a little bit of a splash, make some noise on that Sunday leaderboard. But are you surprised that it's again? I mean, I did mention that it's you know the inaugural outing at I guess for this tournament, but it's still a seven point three million dollar purse. That's not chump change here. Yeah. Are you surprised that it's so small, or is it you know, or that or that the field is so limited in terms of top guys? Not really. Typically with inaugural tournaments, you typically see a little bit less of the big names. You've got the Wells Fargo coming up next week, which usually draws a pretty bigger crowd. The PGA Championship is going to be played in what three and a half weeks right now, the third week of May. So there's some bigger tournaments coming up. I think guys are just kind of looking for that break in the schedule and stuff. So it doesn't surprise me a ton, but... You'd like to see a little bit bigger turnout from some of the bigger names, but we've seen quite a few of them in the last few weeks at the different tournaments. I mean, you had Zurich last week, the RBC Heritage the week before, and then the Masters. Which, which there so was a surprising turnout for me. I was surprised at the turnout of the RBC. Yeah, there's a lot so of guys that made that was a really strong turnout. Yep. Yeah. So no, it doesn't surprise me if this tournament, if they see a good crowd come in and see good success with it. I think you'll just keep seeing more and more people going to it, but I just think this is a casualty of where they put this in the schedule and guys just taking a week off and making the trip down to Mexico too, then having to come back and the turnaround and stuff too. So I think it's a lot of, a lot of that into play with it. No, that makes sense. All right. Onto our picks. If you're new to this segment every week, Jell and I pick a golfer starting with the century tournament of champions. Once you use a golfer, you cannot use them again, cannot use the same golfer as your opponent for the week. Whoever is in last place gets the first pick. And that is me. I've got uh, quite the streak going here of picking first. So it's, uh, <laughs> that's going to likely continue unless to. something massive happens this weekend. Yes. And, I need something massive to happen, and I'm going to pick a guy that won the WGC in Mexico two years ago in 2020, and this is a guy that hasn't played that great so far this year, but it's one of the bigger names out there, and it's Patrick Reed. So I didn't really want to go with him, but... I don't know. I I think he can turn it around. Again, he had success in Mexico City two years ago, and... This is the field that he is capable of getting back into the swing of things and could put up some points here. Need him to uh, just make the cut and hopefully uh, put some pressure on your golfer and have your golfer miss the cut. No, I mean, I 
I don't love it just because he hasn't played very well. But like you said, the, the the field's pretty weak. So this is an opportunity for him to hopefully make a little bit of noise. He he's been he's just been off for so damn long that it's hard for me to it's it'd be hard for me to take Patrick Reed. I was personally surprised that he was sitting in there in that top five uh, in terms of betting odds. But like you said, he did he did win at this course last year. Was it or no different this, course two years different ago. Course, they haven't but, played this course yet. Yep. Okay, okay. Yep. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with you know somebody that's finished over his last six outings. He's finished top ten three times, and I think he's looking to just kind of get himself right before this next stretch of majors. Gary Woodland haven't uh, haven't had the pleasure of using him yet this year, and uh, so it's it's big wood. Big wood. Old, old Woody. <laughs> I like it. Been, I've been I've been hoping to use him a few times so far, and I haven't been able to. I think this is the perfect tournament for him to again. Just he's he's going to try to be out there and get right before before the you know before the majors start back up again. So I'm yeah. digging little Gary Woodland action. I like it. All right, so that will wrap up our week in season one. So season one is in the books. Usually we'll follow the NFL draft season, so we'll kick off season two next week, recap, and have quite a bit to talk about from the NFL draft, I'm sure, this weekend, and maybe recap a bachelor party. We'll see. Uh, see <laughs> there will be some There will be some conversations uh, to be had. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there will be, but uh, no. <laughs> we can be found at Dead Arm Sports, Twitter, Instagram. Check us out on Facebook at Dead Arm Sports. Be the first thing that pops up. Find us on YouTube. Gel, your fire went out. I'm a little disappointed. I know. The propane must be out. <laughs> Got to go I need to, to, I need to put, get some more wood in that. <laughs> yeah. Some woodland. Woodland, yeah. Gary Woodland. Ah. <laughs> you can follow Gel at Das Gel. I can be found at Das JPEG. Send us in any questions, comments, concerns you have about the show. We'll hit you back or else answer them on the next podcast. Again, check us out on YouTube and subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on your favorite listening platform. Send us a screenshot of that review. Get you some sticker swag sent out in the mail for free. Jell, where can they find us at? Hit us up on Anchor, uh, both on the web and via the app. If you're looking on your app store, that just on in your Apple app store, just search Anchor. On Google Play, search Anchor. That's where you'll be able to find it. Uh, also available on the web, anchor.fm. They allow us to do all of our editing and, uh, you know, compiling of the files and everything, you know, publishing out to you for free. This is also, so it is published to you for free. On Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Google Pods. Again, we will be putting these clips out here on YouTube as well for an additional uh, little additional content. So we hope that you are both a listener and a viewer. Make sure uh, whether you listen or view, whether that is any of those chosen listening platforms or viewing on YouTube, make sure to subscribe to our channel, subscribe to our feed, subscribe to our channel. Rate, five stars, review, give us everything you can. Give Take a screenshot of that written review, everything that you can. Take a screenshot of that written review and send it to us in the DMs at Dead Arm Sports on Twitter, at Dead Arm Sports on Instagram. Search Dead Arm Sports on Facebook to find us there, and we will uh, we'll get you some sticker swag coming your way for some Dead Arm goodies. Again, appreciate everybody out there listening, viewing, whatever you are doing on your Thursday. <laughs> so, again, appreciate everybody. If you could tell a friend, family member, 
neighbor, stranger walking on the street, shout out your car window, tell them about Dead Arm Sports. We would greatly hey, appreciate it. Dead Arm Sports. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Subscribe, rate, review. Yeah. Or five stars. Or just rewind 15 seconds and blast that out your window. That would be perfect <laughs> as well. That will that will also work. But uh, again, that will wrap up season one. It was a fun season, and we will be back with you next week to kick off season two and talk about the draft and uh, what craziness probably went down. Maybe even talk about some trades if any uh, – wide receivers get traded or any other players but hope uh, something something big happens yeah. yeah i'm sure at least it's sounding like something might happen but uh we'll we'll find out and <laughs> close this out bears don't have a first round pick just one more reason that ryan pace is a dick <laughs> amen <laughs>